moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. Sensuality, sexuality is something we don't really speak a lot about or feel uncomfortable to voice, but it's so important to us. So stay tuned to what is going to unfold with my two fantastic guests out of Chicago. Hello, everyone. I'm Mylene Elke, your host of the Moving to Oneness show. Hello, Elspeth and Freddie. I both. Uh, know you from 2016. I had to look it up. We met in Carlsbad, a La Costa resort. We had a wonderful time. You both uh, jumped into my eye and uh, you were a couple and also as individuals, you both walked and stood there with a certain presence that I found at that time very intriguing. And there was this surety about you both and a comfortable, ooh, that's hard to say, comfortableness <laughs> and uh, light about you both that I was happy that I was then able to get to know you better and spend a little time uh, with you in beautiful conversations and I'm happy you're here now today on the Moving to Oneness uh, podcast. So hello Elspeth and Freddie in Chicago hello. on our show. Hello. <laughs> Hi Marilyn. It's so wonderful to see you again and thank you for having us on. Mm. Yeah. Elspeth, we spoke already on another show. You were once a guest on my sacred uh, expression show uh, twice when you were talking about the essence, the feminine essence and how to awaken that. And everyone, I'll put, there will probably a lot of interesting things coming up during our conversation. I'll put all of those uh, links into the show notes. And you shared a little bit about yourself at that time and how you awakened yourself and as this month is February and there is so much intention and awareness on Valentine's Day, right? Bringing mm, together I... couples. I was in the shop today, we had big strawberries and you see all the red, right? The color that emphasizes love and love between you two is like this, always, you can see that and that attracted you. And I would love to explore in uh, our episode today, what makes you this way, this intriguing uh, couple that glows and also uses their uh, life essence and teaches others about these gifts. Oh, beautiful. Can I start? Please. <laughs> so um, just when you said what makes me, what makes us, you know, light up, 
it's really the word that came immediately to mind was be, becoming intentional. Uh because like 30 years ago, I was not intentional about love and intimacy. I was operating more on default. You know, what we do habitually, perhaps a reaction to how we grew up, perhaps playing out some wounding that uh, we just, you know, follow. Um, and when I hit 50, I became very aware of that if I wasn't gonna become more intentional and shift a particular pattern I had around intimacy and love, which was attracting unavailability. If I wanted to shift that, I would end up and leave this planet without ever having experienced lasting intimacy and love. Now, I had intimacy and love in my life. I had lovers and, you know, that was great at times. Oops, I'm losing my earring. But most of the time, being with unavailable men is they are not available. You know, so I was alone. And it hit me really hard, like, really thrown me into a kind of a despaired state. And that was the moment when I said, Elspeth, whatever you need to do, do it. Went to a meditation retreat in Plum Village in the south of France with Titnatan. It was excruciating being in stillness with myself for 10 days. But what I walked away with was that I got that I am the generator of my emotions instead of how I had held it, that there was someone out there like a lover, you know, who did it to me. This is why I felt a certain way. And from there, a few months later, I went to a Tantra workshop. I had known about Tantra, but I had never seriously taken it on as a discipline, as a study. And that was so healing and so life-shifting what I discovered was that I had held distrust towards men. And you know, Melon, if you had known me 20, 25 years ago, you would never have called me. Underneath, like we call it in the subconscious that is not accessible to the conscious mind, there was this not trusting them. And that was for me to discover. I healed, I cleared. And then six months later, Freddie came into my life. <laughs> and I'm sure <clears throat> I would not have recognized him. I'm not saying I would not have seen him like tall, handsome man, looks like a basketball player, was a basketball player, you know, <laughs> but I would not have recognized him as a potential partner because he was available. And if I hadn't heal, healed that, you know, because that was no longer a fit. So I needed to clear and heal myself to be even open to receive love and connect on that level. So anyway, and from that time on, I became very intentional around what it means to create lasting intimacy and love instead of just falling into it. I love that it's, you're so courageous in saying no more to 
cultural training I have experienced um, or maybe what you've learned from your family, right? And the role we grew up in, yeah? Or, or it was modeled from um, your parents or other parents, right? Maybe more enclosed. Yeah, and you said, I want to learn what is there more. So you went on an adventure and I really applaud that to find yourself and then to become more of who you are. So Freddie could recognize that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the relationship is the opportunity to really uh, expand who and what's possible. And choosing relationship requires consciousness. And that's where we have been able to use what we teach as a way of uh, continuing to expand our consciousness. Because when we get triggered in a deep way, and it looks like the ego says it's over there because I feel what I feel because of what she's doing, then when I really own my own triggers, I can do something about them. I can flatten them and choose love, choose relationship. Wow, that's beautiful. So it is really to halt for a moment when we are, um, feel unsafe, maybe in a relationship and not loved, not seen and see what am I doing in this relationship um, that is holding me back to experience from my partner what I would love to experience, right? Because then really quick, we start pushing someone away yeah, or uh, become quiet, not, uh, not often Wrong. enough we speak the right vocabulary. We're really often not taught how to communicate with a partner. This is something you don't find very often. Or uh, maybe you weren't so lucky to hear it from uh, your parents. You, uh, Freddie, for example, you were very lucky. You had a beautiful um, loving relationship, communication you could observe when you were growing up, yeah? And yeah, uh, others maybe didn't have that. So how, you you a little bit of opposites in that. How did, uh, <laughs> but you still brought, came together and created something very beautiful, like your Tantra Nova, where you brought these two poles together and created something very beautiful. And, you know, it's like the work continues. Um, I, as you mentioned, I was lucky to have a father who would remind me when I would get angry to own my upsets. And it's mm -hmm. not that I wasn't authentically upset about something. It's to be able to then flatten that charge and make a request about what it is that's there or is it not even there? And it's something that I'm making up in my you know, own interpretation. Uh, so that was something that was instilled in me early, and I've been able to continue to expand that through the practices that we teach and we do uh, as, as tools, you know, the energetic yoga that we teach. Yeah, let's share a little bit about how each of us came to Tantra. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so different. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I was 13 years old, living in Hawaii with my father, who at the time was a practicing psychiatrist and very enrolled in his own transformational uh, process. Uh, and, you know, at 13, I was going through my puberty. So I was spending a lot of time in the shower, you know, <laughs> and well, he probably thought I was going to hurt myself in there. And he gave me a book to read on how to integrate meditation and sex, sex practices. So I continued to learn and, and my girlfriend liked it. I liked it. It improved my academics and my athletics. And I went on to college on athletic scholarship. And after college, I kept reading and doing workshops and learning more and, and appropriating this as a way of living in my life and relationships. 
Didn't think I was going to teach this. I was in the software business for a long time in San Francisco. Wound up being moved here by a company. I was single at the time. It was 20 years ago. I was online looking for Shakti, a female tantra partner, and Elsbeth's uh, profile showed up. And we met, and she was on her own tantra journey, which she'll tell you more about. And, well, we pulled our resources and created Tantra Nova. That was 20 years ago. And 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So we're moving right along. We've worked with thousands of couples and individuals all over the world, books, tapes, television, and we love what we do. We're living what we do. And it's our contribution to ourselves. And for me, the biggest contribution I can make in the world. Um, so let's all make it a better world. And I love what we do. And I love the opportunity to keep unpacking it with you today. <laughs> Yeah, you, you're very uh, multifaceted uh, person. You, you mentioned a little bit, you, you know, you sing jazz, you have been and probably still are in a way an, an athlete. Uh, you are interested in people already also healing or speaking, sharing, you know, and or even you went into software. So the analytical. So you love to really go into many different ways. And that's what you also bring into your life in into your work. That is so fascinating, I I think. <laughs> Maybe yes, because absolutely. of all the <laughs> but this is what makes it so juicy, so yummy. And um, it I think that is why so many people and, and you have taught thousands of people on this globe. Um, to have a, uh, a relationship, a connection to you, and they feel then understood and they feel seen because mm. you come from so many directions and you understand where they're at. And in that moment, they can feel very safe because mm. your work one is very vulnerable to oneself but also to teachers or even the partner one is, uh, one is there with, right? To discover yeah. oneself. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So in the end, it's mm -hmm. all about aliveness. Yeah, genau. We are here on this planet alive, each of us. Everyone who is listening today is alive. Mm -hmm. yes. No matter yes. if you may feel a little sick or disappointed or heartbroken mm. but what doesn't leave us is our life force mm -hmm. so the question is how can i be with my life force and embellish it support it move with it cultivate it and that is really something that each of us can do and learn further what the gift uh, for me of tantra has been is to become more aware of my life force and that I can actually with the breath, you know, connect with it. And life force, of course, shows up in different ways in humans. You know, on the physical level, we call it a sensation. You know, I feel hot, cold. I feel a little bit aroused or, you know. Um, so that's a phys physical phenomenon. Then life force shows up in our emotions. They are pure energy. We cannot grasp an emotion. I mean, touch an emotion. We cannot see an emotion with our mere eye. Yet we can feel it. We can sense it very vividly. So in the third one is of course, how it shows up is in our thoughts. So if I could become more aware of this life force that runs through me at all times, 
how I could affect the way I feel in my body, the way I feel in my emotional self, uplifted, and what thoughts I may want to think. And of course, you know, Merlin, that this is all connected. The thoughts I think affect my emotions, affect my physical state and vice versa. So how can I uplift myself and enjoy being alive and share this with another? Because then the energy, my life was energy, I can learn how to circulate this with my beloved as he circulates his life was energy with me, heart to heart, mm -hmm. you know, sexual center to sexual center, third eye to third eye center. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, darling, the third eye. Okay. <laughs> and the thing that's nice is that stuff doesn't stop happening. Upsets, disappointments, sadness. It just doesn't stick around as long. By by choice, yeah. you know, and that's what opens up in transformation is a choice to feel something deeply and yet then choose to flatten it, let it go and move back towards what we want most deeply desire. Uh, so being aware and being able to move and have tools to sharpen that listening, that energetic listening uh, is really so valuable in this life to be able to do that and have that available to us. And it's anybody in a body who's willing can get it. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that brings me back to the intentionality, you know, living my life by default or by intentionality. So, for example, what Freddie brought up that the upsets, you know, doesn't mean they never come up, doesn't mean that there are never differences between us. I mean, there are plenty of them. The question is then, how do we move with them? And so, then, you know, when there is a difference every time, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to choose what am I more committed to? What is my intention in, the, in life and in relationship about? Am I committed to my self-righteousness and feeling sorry for myself or feeling wronged? Or am I more committed to harmony in the relationship? to be in bliss with Freddie. It's a choice, it's a pure choice. Now, we wanna cultivate this in our nervous system, but that is really there then where we can shift quickly what Freddie said called, it doesn't stay around that for so long, that we shift out of disappointment, out of feeling wronged, you know, into, Choice. My open heart and perhaps, you know, being curious about what may have moved him to say something or what may have been there that he didn't, you know, fulfill the promise he made to me. It goes both ways, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. and instead of thinking he did something against me, I come from, hmm, what may be going curiosity? On? What's over there? What may be going on over there in his world that is obscure to me that I cannot see, but by being curious and asking, you know, and sometimes we don't even talk, we just connect heart to heart. Let's just show this because. And let me say to do this really does require. Uh, you know, a, a vigilance, because it's very easy to be not a listener when you ask someone, what, well, why, how could you do that? Or to me, you know, or, you know, our language and the, the choice that we use that can shut the other okay. person down. I'm just going to do the camera a little lower so you can see it better. 
Yeah, so you see here, yeah, he has his left hand on my heart center, I have my left hand on his heart center. Right. So this is a, a practice that the, the viewers or listeners can can do together. And okay. if you're with yourself, you can just put your hands together like this. So the idea is you, as you breathe in, you breathe in together. As you exhale, exhale together, looking into each other's left eye. And in the next exhale, inhalation, visualize receiving energy from the heart hand no. up your arm. No, receiving, Free, receiving here. Yeah. From the hand on your heart, if you're with someone receiving into your heart on the exhalation visualize sending into the other's heart with your mind's focused attention on the sensation and intention to move it with the breath receiving on the inhale here sending on the exhalation receiving from the uh, other on the inhalation sending to the other on the exhalation so that's the breath now when we receive we, we receive our beloved's love energy from his heart through his hand in my through my hand in his heart when we exhale we send love from our heart into the other's heart breathing in receiving love from the hand of the beloved exhaling sending love from our heart into their heart and, and now we have a circuit and speaking about oneness when we are in the synchronized breath as a couple, we become one breath. Yes. And yes. it happens like this. It's not intellectually produced. It's by bringing our attention to, to the breath, to the breath, gazing into each other's eyes. And then and your intention to move it in the direction that you're wanting to move it. And that steps us away from whatever story we might have, you know, whatever anger or disconnect or, you know, uh, what might keep us from being connected. So we step away from it. And now we're in an energetic experience. Uh, I like that because there comes a purity with it. Yeah. Yeah. Simplicity. Absolutely. And because when we are connected heart to heart, we cannot continue in our self pity <laughs> or anger or whatever it might be. Yes. Anyway, now this may be a real challenge when, like, when Freddie is pissed off at me or I'm pissed off at him. The last thing that I want to do is connect with him because whenever we are angry, we are in disconnect, mm -hmm. we're tight. Right. Mm. And to open being willing at that moment to say, no, I forgo that. And I'm just going to do the practice. If Choosing. I'm ready for it or not. Yet we have done it enough that we know when we, you know, shift and do the practice, the whole being shifts and we become one instead of two separate beings. You know, yeah. it's so fitting. And to if your you do theme. do this before you maybe talk about whatever the issue might be, it'll come from the heart when you do. Yeah, it's softer. There is no judgment disappears in that moment when you come uh, together and uh, the energies intertwine and they can already communicate, right? And uh, so often it's really not just us sitting there. There's sometimes there are many other beings. There is uh, this this love that we 
allow to flow to the other. So you open up to be seen, right? So you both yes, choose beautiful. to be seen, totally open, open mm. up. So this is also a beautiful exercise you can do with your children in a way and oh, teach yes, them absolutely. already at a very young age. An interesting thought, as I'm now a little bit of a caregiver, as my mom going through cancer, is you can do it with a parent, right? Because also a lot of um, uh, liveliness or, or, or judgment has happened or blaming or um, loss of connection because maybe you didn't have so much time that you can spend with your parent. That's something you can do with a parent. This is, yes. this is a very beautiful, thank you for showing this. This is really to even a friend, right? If we are open enough and uh, curious yes. enough to do that with more and it changes a whole energetic field. Mm -hmm. This is when you come together. Yeah. Wow. So simple and so einsetzbar, uh, profound. Uh, profound, genau, and, and, and usable. It's written, yes. you can do it fast. You can do it within a minute when you're quick, right? I, I bet you too, if you just put a little finger in there. So. <laughs> yeah, you keep evolving this kind of listening. You know, it's almost um, telepathic, you know, uh, and I think that we'll be able to do that more and more as we continue to evolve our, you know, subtle listening to what's already out there. We kind of do it now with, you know, the internet and, you know, mm -hmm. vibrations and energy moving around that, that we don't see. So I think we're going to continue to evolve, you know, uh, uh, who we are already a part of, you know, so we're part of that same system. Yeah, we're let's just... evolve it right now. Because the thing is that the heart energy, the electromagnetic uh, energy within and around the heart, which has like an arm length, you know, radius, that this energy is tremendously healing. It is not directed by the conscious mind. It's an energy that is present by itself, always just we may be disconnected from it at moments. And it's the reconciler between our earthly being, the physical sexual and the mental and spiritual. And so of course in our tantric practice, it plays a huge role because then I can also connect my heart energy with my sexual energy. And I can connect my heart energy with my spiritual energy or my spiritual energy with my sexual energy. So this all becomes a dance. I want to do one, bring, bring us back to, because when you spoke about your mother or a child, it may not be always possible that we do the circuit, you know, because Perhaps your mother may not be in a state where she can lift her arm or, you know, something. Also, what Freddie often does with me, what I also do with him, would you just, mm -hmm. yeah. that when I sit at my desk and he comes over. One hand in the back and one hand in the front, creating like a mudra with Elsbeth, uh, the connecting piece. Yeah. So, and I'm, uh, you know, in that connection, there's a stillness when she is allowing it to just be present then it's like a little physical meditation. It's like a bodywork meditation. You know, we just boom, immediately drop in, give the little busy left brain analytical <laughs> self a break. And we're back into the breath and ease and flow. Yeah, and I may be sitting like this. I don't even look at him. 
But when he comes like that, given that we have the agreement, when one of us touches the other one like that in that way, we drop everything. And now he doesn't do this when I'm on the on a call or on a Zoom call, you know. Or vice versa when I'm riding my motorcycle or something. <laughs> Although I may hold you when I'm right. in the back. Right. So but anyway, just do the point. It goes backwards your heart energy through right. because we right. can send it backwards, right? It it makes it quite hard to heart, you know. Yeah. Heart, you can, yeah, like we can this. do it hard to heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are many variations to the theme. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, shamanically, it's uh, it's this point where you start enlightenment. The heart is very important. It is where uh, it's like really an igniter and the open up, and we can sense uh, more of ourselves. And and your work, this is you know, often the simplicity we can do that um, so easily and so seldom we do that because other things are holding us back against self-judgment uh, no, 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 no. chatter no. no nothing holds us back we are holding ourselves back good point yeah and that's a really important linguistic distinction because what we say internally in that conversation is what we start to believe neurosynaptically and energetically so what we say can really be a cue to shifting how we feel you know, so that's important so, to be aware of it. Difference in energy, because something holds me back is that I assign power of over something outside of me, which is actually an illusion. The only one who has power in terms of what I think and how I feel in my body and in my heart is totally up to me. And that is now, this needs to be cultivated. It's, we call it also at times self-mastery, which is not control, but being aware and then being able to move into that space. So when Freddie comes over and he holds me in my heart, on my heart in the front and the back, I'm a yes, although I may be deeply involved in what I'm doing a little tight and tense and, but given the priority I set by having agreed to that when he comes to me, I'm open. That is where I then bring my attention to and that shifts our life. So it's not like that the project I'm working on is in the way. No, for a moment, I bring my awareness to him because wherever I bring my awareness to, energy follows. So, but you've heard this before where people give up their power and it's not so obvious, you know, oh, she makes me feel when she does that, or he always does that and it makes me feel. But I go back to that, that uh, reminder my father would tell me to own your upsets. I mean, the profundity of that statement to own your upsets. So for me to own whatever I'm triggered about that I'm saying, it's because she or he's doing something. To, 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 you know, flatten my charge about it, look at what's there for me. And maybe there's a request or there's something that I want to say to them about it, but I can do it without the charge, without my upset about it, because that's on me. And that's where it gets confusing for people, you know, well. Yeah, it's, it's probably also practice and it, it, it's going mm. back and forth and observing, observing and becoming aware, right? Observing, aware again, the courageousness to trying out. And then also when it comes to uh, 
making love with each other on a, on a deeper level where two people then find each other, right? And there again, there is this uh, exploring, this trying out and uh, sensing how do I feel the next second you feel as two, then you feel again as one and to let go with the flow and let it be a playful experience. And that's the lightness you spoke about, Elspeth, right? That, and there will be a lot of light, yeah, right? If you, <laughs> if you do orgasm, there is a lot of light and, and, and lightness because you also feel light and it's a liveliness and it is creativity. And it's so, when you were speaking that you, uh, uh, stop doing what you're doing because when you come back everything goes faster there are new insights and there is again more liveliness in everything so it is a, a fantastic thing to use the life force energy as you, and to be creative to create with what within myself change or an experience or just let it open up and let's see what happens, right? This is... is well, I want to say, because you brought, it, brought up a really good point, and one of the things that's unique about what we're doing in, as a transformational vehicle is teaching how to work with our life force or sexual energy mm -hmm. in a way that allows us to see something that we otherwise don't see about our interpretations, about old stories, about what's keeping me from or us from allowing in what we most deeply desire. Because uh, as you said, the sexual energy, whether you're doing consciousness work or not, when we're in it, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, chemically we're changed, more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. So when you bring in the distinctions that we teach in our work, now you're doing sexual meditation. And it doesn't take away from the quickies in the morning and all the other fun stuff that we do with sex. It's learning to do sexual meditation which again, with intention, can allow us to see, allow us even further unmasking to see that that's running in the background, energetically and emotionally and neurosynaptically, to then allow in and be present to what that is so that we can just keep walking towards with grace, ease and flow towards what we most deeply desire. And that's, that's the work. But it gets confusing because people, what is Tantra? You know, it's like, oh, it's sexy yoga. It's better orgasms. It's uh, deeper connecting. And it's all of that. Yes. And it's a practice that can really be profound in terms of us seeing something that typically we aren't uh, in a shifted state of consciousness to get to. A lot of people do plant medicine and, you know, therapy. And there's so many approaches to seeing something that we don't see just in our normal sort of Machiavellian left brain being. Uh, yet learning to work with our life force or sexual energy in this way is new and old. Yeah, because it's physical. It's right. We are here now. Uh, we're, yes, we're spiritual beings, but we are now in the biological material world and we have a body and to explore that fully. And why are we now in this body and to use it? And I, I think too often it's not explored enough, right? If it's it's uh, by cultural or religion, there's so many um, others that are watching should how not, we act, yes. how we move, we should, right? At the dogmas, and I, I think, as you said, it's, it was once very beautifully and open, and I think we're moving. The time is changing, where we also feel more safe 
to speak about it, for also to show our body. Yeah, I, I just noticed the change. I don't know, but when we were younger, Freddie, in Germany in the 20s, when we were in the 20s, I was in the 20s, but about 30 years ago, you know, people were driving around to topless in cars, in cabriolets. Now you don't see this anymore. There's again, again, this closure of enclosing and not showing our body of not being comfortable in within our physical form and how we are seen uh, by others. So, and I think slowly it's going another direction again. But if you look further back, there were times where people were walking more naked, healers were walking naked. It, we were very comfortable in our in our body and our form and there was no suppression or objection and i one of my biggest dreams is that we leave that um, and become more open and that we walk with this clarity and surety like you really do that to walk this way and uh to start maybe even in at home with the person you love and feel comfortable to explore yourself and with the partner become one, but then also to be more comfortable to bring it out into the world and to show yourself who you are and with, you know, not tightening up or walking crooked uh, because you don't want to show all of yourself or, or the beauty, you don't see the beauty you are and the unique form um, and to be respected no, I don't even like the word respected, uh, but to uh, cherished by the other you know, person the way you are. I'll say this, and I know Elspeth's going to get in here. I want to say that what's unique about the sexual energy as a transformational vehicle is that that energy, when we're in it, is it's loving, you know, we're more open, loving, and it's creative, it creates life. So that yeah. manifestation yeah. of energy is a doorway to, you know, a, a, a consciousness. Yes. That is, all, and when we start bringing consciousness there, that creativity and pleasure starts showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex, just in our listening and our available availability to that to that listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the the vision you just expressed of freedom within and freedom with each other in the realm of love that includes the sexual physical expression. Uh, I think this is an arena that is the most obscured still, you know, at least in the West <clears throat> of the world, so to speak, um, that over the last, you know, 30 years or so through yoga and meditation, and, you know, we have become more connected with the spiritual. If you in the United States, you know, walked around with your yoga mat, 30 years ago, you were looked at as being a little weird. Yeah. The same, <laughs> you know, today there is a yoga center at every street corner. <laughs> if you don't walk with your yoga mat, you're being looked at as being weird. <laughs> anyway, so, and then uh, through therapy that really over the last 40 years or so has opened up the acknowledgement that we have feelings and that we can listen to our feelings and express instead of suppress them or you know drink ourselves to death or mm. so so we can say you know the spiritual mental and the heart the emotional we may have paid a little bit more attention to the sexual 
not so. It's actually more like in the Middle Ages, you know. And um, so what we bring here is really becoming sexually conscious so that we can be what you described earlier with the beauty that we are as alive beings and that is equipped with this phenomenal nervous system that can feel pleasure, you know, into blissful states. Mm. At the same time, there is of course a lot of uh, collective and historical baggage that we bring from generations. So this is not like shame and fear and guilt around the sexual and sexual expression and pleasure. It's not something each of us created. You know, this is not an individual emotion. It's experienced individually, yet it's a collective emotion. So that brings me to that, uh, you know, the, the, the possibility of healing through the sexual energy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if I may share a little bit, uh, please, you know, my own life, mm. because that was really the big turnaround for me. And as you shared earlier, I also grew up with great freedom in my physical body when I was a child. We ran around nude in the hot summers in Stuttgart and played on the street, and it was great fun, sometimes with an umbrella because the sun was so hot, but butt naked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shifted very much when I turned, uh, came into puberty, my relationship with my dad changed and became awkward, but I was very interested in all things sexual, so there was a little dichotomy, you know. So anyway, when I faced that unavailability pattern, you know, in terms of attracting men, that is what then showed up in my own healing through the tantric practice. And it came about through the sexual, you know, portal, which for a woman is her sexual center. And in Sanskrit, the sexual center is called yoni, which uh, means sacred space, very different from our clinical vagina, all kinds of others, other not so pleasing terms. A sacred space is a space that I honor, that I treasure, that I respect, that I cherish, you know. Now, I didn't get introduced to my sexual center as a sacred space when I was 13 or 14. Imagine you and I, or all the women who are listening today, if you had been introduced to your sexual center as a sacred space, probably our sexual tra trajectory would have gone differently. But anyway, it's never too late. From mm. this day forward, I want to invite <laughs> you to connect with your sexual center as a sacred space. So the healing, the shift for me in discovering the distrust I held towards men was in a very particular tantric healing ritual that is dedicated to the woman, where the woman is the receiver and the partner, be this a man or a woman in same-sex couples. Um, and when I was touched inside my yoni around 11 o'clock, a vivid memory came up, which was the memory uh, of the time when I was 18 years old, 
first love, first boyfriend, deeply in love. We had spent a couple of very blissful years, it was all in Germany. And then he asked me to have intercourse. And while I was not ready, I agreed. And it was freakingly painful. I had to go to the gynecologist, the bill went to my house, my dad opened it, all hell broke loose, my dad called me a whore, the boyfriend left a few weeks later, and there I was. No soul I could turn to, felt totally alone, mm. and that was the time when I closed off. Now, the closing off is not a deliberate decision, it's more like a coping nanosecond decision, you know, that I just shift into. And with that, I also decided that men are never there for you Elspeth when you really need them. Now, which was, you know, there was evidence. My dad was not there for me, the boyfriend had left. And what happened was that that trailed me through my adult life. Wherever mm -hmm. I went, like a monkey on the shoulder, without me being aware of it consciously. So that was really running the show. No wonder that I attracted an availability like men who were not there for me when I needed them. To be right about being wrong. Yeah, like it was the evidence that we then create over and over again, not consciously. And when I tapped back into that, in that ritual, where I re-felt that pain, that physical pain, that emotional pain, and that could all be released, just like opening a valve, you know, first it gets more intense, but then the steam fizzles out. Mm. And by clearing and healing, what could open up was deeper trust in myself, which often goes first, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you say no? You know, then self-blame, all of that disappeared. Trusting myself and trusting men in general more. And then Freddie came up uh, into my life six months later. And the point of the story is that there may something live on the cellular level as a memory that cannot be accessed from the conscious mind. So we cannot talk about it. I did therapy around that, yeah. which was really great because there was someone who took me seriously, who listened to me where I could express my feelings. So I thought that was resolved. But what I didn't know was that there was a residue on the cellular level in the vaginal walls that could not be accessed through talking. Yeah, and, like a trauma of the pain. Right, and by unleashing it, by reconnecting with it, it was like, you know, uh, it was incredible. And that really shifted not only whatever was there in the yoni, it shifted my whole being, you know. Yeah, I want to build on that and add that it's the shifted state of consciousness in the activation or the intimate vulnerability that just 
proceed that happens with the sexual energy, right? So as a giver, you can see if you were, if uh, I'm working with my beloved and I'm a giver, you have to learn to be able to be in that energy without making it a mutual gratifying thing. Cause you're using that energy to shift the altered state to alter the state of consciousness, not to mutually love. And it, it can be pleasurable. And as the giver, you could even be excited. Yet it's very important to be in the roles and learn how to move your energy within the roles so that the giver, the receiver can get to whatever they're uh, intending as an intention. It's so great that you mentioned this because the giver made all the difference. Mm -hmm. At the time I worked with a practice partner because Freddie wasn't in my life yet. And this man was just there for me, holding space, listening to me. He didn't want anything from me. It was not strange, you know, when you're so close together and he was touching my yoni, it was not done from, you know, looking for gratification. He was there to support, to be the giver, to in that sense, a kind of a healer. Yeah, you can transmute yes, that love energy so that it doesn't show up as lusting energy. Yeah. You can transmute the energy so it can be just the giver energy, yeah. the healer energy. And then we use this wonderful life-giving sexual energy as a healing force, you know? And as you already know, it's out of it. I, my life was shifted. My yeah, and I can see it. And, and, you know, you still look so young. You both are super, your, your skin, your, your, it, it, it just shows that you are really living what you're talking about. There and we are a, senior citizens. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know that about you. But both of you just look vibrant. So you're mm. living in these vibrancies or the liveliness and you're creating so on. And ah, uh, Elspeth, while you were speaking just recently, I, I learned um, you are a lot of summits and, and you've been nominated also was 2016 as a change maker by the, the White House, right? Um, you were in a summit and there was uh, a woman speaking, I forgot her name, but <laughs> the topic, it really, it, it really shook me, it shook me up. She was talking one about, you were using the word yoni that younger women now don't want to use just the word vagina. It's only part of the whole yoni and the, with their learning that there's so much more and they're taking in, um, uh, they're, they're taking more of themselves and then saying, we want to be cherished and loved for all of, of this. And I have a son, so I was thinking, how, why are we not teaching our, our children? And Freddie, I want to ask you about that. Um, how can you teach already the young who are exploring and curious? So they only find still maybe old residue of maybe a porn film or what others told them, but they didn't come from other families. Maybe they don't have this conscious, this loving way of, of having uh, parents or other people in their life teaching them or talking about it. So that already young men, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. learn early enough about a young woman because even we young women, <laughs> young, we don't learn enough about how we have to feel, and it's hard to find places or uh, until you have had maybe your first experience or a few years or a few decades behind you until you go maybe to a tantra or other uh, places. 
to learn on a deeper level, on a, on a loving, very, very loving level and on coming with the intense intention of, you know, expanding or healing. And what could you give along for the youth or where can they find um, uh, material yes. where they can learn more about that, that they can come together with lust, but at the same time, also with this strong, loving feel, I can and sense it. It's like this. <sighs> yes, yeah. Well, what I teach a men's workshop, so typically our workshops are co-ed. Elsbeth has a woman's workshop mm -hmm. series, and I have a men's workshop that I teach. And one of the primary edicts for the man to learn is how to separate ejaculation from orgasm, and yeah. that can be learned as early as soon as you start puberty. Um, because for guys, we start feeling in the second chakra of the lingam, which is the Sanskrit term for penis. And, you know, the energy is there and uh, it's right in our face. So we start masturbating early and then we discover mm -hmm. this ejaculation orgasm. And then we get the socialization as, oh, that's the man. And, you know, man, when you feel that you've got to fuck or, you know, have sex. Uh, and then we have sex and then we f -f fall in love. And then it's all associated there. So the first thing for a man to start learning as early as possible is self-love meditation. And that's mm, different from masturbation. Just quick get to the orgasm, ejaculation. Learning to separate ejaculation from orgasm first process through muscle awareness, proper breathing, energetic awareness, um, and then playing with edges like 10 being the ejaculatory moment, getting to seven or eight, eight and three quarters, stopping, doing the practice. And that will begin to allow a man at a very early age to begin to see that he can actually control his energy and transmute that sexual energy. And he can be with a woman and feel his energy without feeling like he has to do something to her or do something with that energy or fall in love. He can be connected. And that's where it starts. Yeah. So, uh, connected. Beautiful word. Yeah. Yeah. So that that gift that we make available to everyone who is listening, which oh, is beautiful. called Ignite Your Relationship, Relationship with Yourself and or Relationship with the Beloved. In that video, which is an introductory workshop, we actually speak more about that and give also some practices. So, you know, your son may wanna watch it. How old is your son? 15. 15, okay. So the youngest Freddie works with is 18 because for legal reasons. Yeah. yeah but, um, but that may be just like something to familiarize. And, um, and then at times he works one-on-one -on -one with younger ones if the parents fully endorse it. You know, because that is all, we used to have a youth program mm. where we worked with 15 to 18 year olds and Freddie, we took them, the girls, I worked with the girls, at certain moments, we took them apart. I worked with the girls, Freddie worked with the boys and Freddie, you know, taught them how to channel their wonderful sexual aroused testosterone energy from the lingam up into the heart and circulating. Um, so there are ways but it's really difficult uh, referring you to any, you know, there are not really good youth programs out there. And our cultures, both in the United States and in Europe, are not awake enough to really make this available to youth. 
And it would be so great to work with girls to connect them with their yoni. Yes. So they yeah. can own her and themselves instead of looking for validation from outside. Mm. Uh, you, your work, both of you, it's, it's so beautiful what you shared mm. today on this episode. And everyone, you have, this is just a trickle, a little <laughs> drop of the, the whole bucket of knowledge and wisdom that Elspeth and Freddie carry. So do reach out to them. They have the Tantra Nova Institute, then they're providing this gift for you that again, that will be in uh, the show notes. Also join the Moving to Oneness um, Facebook group. They'll be there. Maybe you can reach out there to them and ask them questions. Right, so they have so much more. They have won so many awards and Emmy Award. I mean, they have written a book. I have read your book. You you gave that to me when I met you as a gift. So I would never forget you, and I never did. <laughs> and I think we have to come back one day and to go more really in the depths of what can happen when two loving beings come together and what one can create together. Yeah, that is again mm. a whole, <laughs> yeah, there is a, a beauty unfolds then mm. for oneself, the two that come connected, and I believe from everyone around, because you walk, talk, and you are different, you radiate that out into the world. And just for that, it's a very fast way of Uh, recognizing oneself, uh, discovering oneself, observing one, uh, you know, healing one, the list is long, <laughs> many words. And uh, so I encourage everyone to go on the journey of finding yourself through sensuality, through Tantra, Yeah, with Freddie and Elspeth or wherever you are in the world and That only something beautiful can unfold. That's what I believe. So, any and the last... book's available. Yeah, you have the a book. The book is available yeah. on Audible now as well. Yeah, audio book books also in Europe. There are different outlets. So just look it up. Sexual enlightenment: How to create lasting fulfillment in life, love, and intimacy. There, that sums it up beautifully. <laughs> Tantra Nova. Yeah. So, but for you personally, if you would give something, I'll ask you, uh, Elspeth, what do you have a sentence, a word you want to provide with the audience or to the audience? Yeah, there's really one very easy practice that I just want to invite everyone to do daily which is placing your left hand on your heart center and then breathe into your heart and feel how your heart opens into your hand. And on the exhalation, feel how the heart relaxes and the hand relaxes. And then do this for a few moments, a few times with total focus and see and feel Oh, your heart opens further, which means your love opens. And it's opening our heart to ourselves. 
oh, so beautiful and your eyes opened even bigger. I could watch, see that and watch that as you were doing the meditation and uh, your energy for your felt, uh, field felt, <laughs> German, <laughs> field opened up. And Freddie, what would you love to share with the world? Well, one, to keep doing that practice that Elsbeth just shared, mm -hmm. uh, and particularly when you ask yourself this, to choose your life and everything in it. And when there's a resistance to something, to do this practice and really feel into choosing what is in your life and not rationalizing some suffering, like, hate my job, 30 more years of retirement. What am I going to do? Well, you could choose it, and it gives you a whole other feeling or change the work you do. We die in the end. It's how we're living. So choose your life and everything in it. Mm, beautiful wisdom, both of you. I'm, I'm really honored that you had you took time out of your day to be here with me and my audience and to share your wisdom. Um, and yeah, as I said, we have to come back together and share more to the world of your wisdom. And thank you very much, everyone. Uh, the best to you wherever you are and reach out, as I said before, to Elspeth and Freddie. They're very easy uh, to be approached. They love to share it. They're there for you. Take advantage <laughs> of it and explore love and be a little bit more courageous. It's 2022. The energies are changing. They're nudging you to send out the big heart the red <laughs> and your radiation to others that surround you so thank you goodbye so everyone and thank you very much for being here Elspeth and Freddie thank you very much for being on the moving to oneness podcast goodbye <laughs>